Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Dynasty Kings Fantasy Football Podcast, Season 2, Week 4. I'm your host, Andrew Skaggs, joined, as always, by the pride of the University of Arizona for that lone year, that memorable year, Ben Goldstein. Hello. Can you hear me? What's up, Ben? Hey, how's it going, guys? Going great. Just me, but, you know, we're doing great. Yeah, just talking to the audience, just making sure everyone's doing well. And all the audience can zones, hear you. In all the time zones, you know, that we're talking to. That's right. And, you know, everyone's my friends, so just checking in. That's right, baby. You know, it's, I- it's a sad day for me, so I, I like when it's a sad day for me for friends to check in on me. So I'm just, okay. you know, reciprocating. And is this sadness related to the savage salmon or unrelated? I'd say eighty-five to ninety percent, yes. Okay. The other ten gotcha. percent is my other fantasy teams. Okay. <laughs> sick, sick, sick. All right. Well, can't can't wait to get into that. Uh, it is Tuesday, October fourth, five oh three p.m. Mountain Standard Time, four oh three p.m. Pacific Time, seven oh three p.m. Eastern Time. Who knows what time zone William sails in right now? He was in Denver this past weekend. It was definitely here until yesterday. Maybe he's made the flight back. Anyway, great to see William's beautiful face this weekend. Ben, let's let's get right into the Taco Bell takeaway of the week. Biggest takeaway from week four, big picture-wise, not fantasy-focused. I'll start on the positive end a little bit, and then we'll get to yours, which I know is not specific to the salmon. But I just wanted to focus on the AFC North. Lots happened in the last week or so. Bengals got another big win on Thursday night over the Dolphins. Obviously, the Tua injury, which we'll discuss shortly here. Uh, but second win in a row. They're right back in the thick of things. And on top of that, they face Baltimore on Sunday night this week. That's going to be an outstanding matchup. Uh, no shame in Baltimore losing to Buffalo. Obviously, the fact that they were up 20-3 to at home is not an ideal time to lose to a team. But the Bills are probably still the best team in the league. Uh, would have been definitely big for the Ravens in terms of future seeding purposes in the AFC as those two teams, you know, would be expected to battle in the AFC playoffs at some point. Uh, Steelers are in pretty big trouble. They are turning it over to Kenny Pickett. I guess in theory that'll maybe provide a spark. He did throw three interceptions, but he did provide the actual spark that they wanted from him. They also did still lose to a Jets team that's probably not good. Uh, And then the Browns, nothing to say here. They're a terrible franchise in a terrible city. No offense to your mom, Ben. And, uh, you know, they lost to the Falcons, so they're they're as pathetic as it gets. Um, according to you know PFF Pro Football for, Focus, uh, Kenny yep. Pickett's did not throw three picks. Yeah, he threw zero. Yeah, threw zero. So just an FYI, you know, stay woke on that. I got that from the McAfee podcast. Yeah, so did I. <laughs> stay woke though. You know. Um, yeah, so more uh, negative situation, I'd say, is uh, the Tua situation that we saw on the Thursday night football game yep. um, in the previous week, um, where he unfortunately suffered a pretty scary injury there. Seemed like a head injury. It was a head injury. Um, where his fingers did some weird stuff, where I've seen it a couple times, but it's always very scary to see that on the football anywhere, anywhere. Yep. Um, and you know, I think the league, I, you know, I don't, we don't try not to get too serious on this podcast, but I do feel like this is a very, uh, interesting topic and a very, uh, nuanced topic because, you know, I think it's going to affect the league in the future, honestly. 
Um, and so, you know, Tua got hurt in the previous game um, and then got hurt in this other game. And there had been some questions on whether he should have been cleared to play four days, you know, later um, after looking like he had injured his head, but instead maybe injured his back, supposedly. Um, right. I think that we started seeing some minor effects, some, you know, minor effects this past weekend where um, players were taken out immediately if any sort of head, you know, injury looked like it had incurred and immediately be tested um, and then be put right back in the game if need be um, and if they're fine. Um, so I thought that that was fine. I saw it's it's honestly hard to keep up with everything, mm-hmm. uh, especially the Tua situation. Like it's, I, I kind of wish that I could find like a timeline of the situation because I don't really understand why this one guy, when this like doctor guy on the sideline just got fired, um, whatever his name is, because they're supposed like, to be independent, right? Yeah, so he got. I know they got. He, you know, he got cleared by an independent neurologist, and he, he was so he got cleared. He was able to play, and then and so I'm not blaming the doctors. I'm not even blaming the coaches. I'm not even blaming Tua. I guess if there's anyone to blame or anything to blame, it's the head of the NFL and the process of getting back into the game. You know, the test mm-hmm. that you have to take to get back into the game, whether it's too easy whether the threshold you have to meet and then beat the next time you take it is, you know, you can somehow cheat the system from kind of what I've heard. That's possible. Um, so I, I don't know. It's just, it's interesting. Um, we'll see where it goes. Someone got fired. I can't co- completely remember who it was, but. I remember seeing that. Yeah. Like the players. I want to say it was the, maybe yeah. the, Yeah. The, I think the players' association. It was. It was. It was. It was part of their shtick, and he, they fired him, and they're pissed. And you know, it will be interesting to see where this goes. Here's the thing: NFL is going to make all the money in the world forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. It just has to come to a point where, like, you don't want to see these injuries like on a weekly basis, because that will probably right. hurt some things. Um, not just. I mean, I think we're already seeing it. Like. Unfortunately, like a lot of high schools that I've coached at or I've coached against or middle schools as well, numbers are down. Numbers are way down. Like it's crazy. Um, And you probably have heard that from people and coaches and stuff like that. But the numbers are just down everywhere. Um, And it kind of sucks. And I assume that, you know, head trauma and other injuries, you know, are a factor. So we'll see what happens. We will. I do think they've done a much better job, you know, over the years, obviously, of addressing it. I'm absolutely no means perfect at this point, but they are seemingly taking more precautions. I definitely don't buy into the whole like the teams are just like urging the guy to get back on the field in these situations. Yeah, that's no. definitely not what's happening. I, and like even yeah. I thought about that when and I'm you know obviously talking about random like people you see on Twitter and kind of shit, but like when they like yeah carted him off and sent him to like University of Cincinnati like level one trauma center and all this stuff i'm like come on now people like this is like a real life emergency that like people are putting their best interests to it's and then like people got upset like oh i can't believe he's flying home with the team it's like clearly like a large group of medical professionals who are in theory experts like saying like we're okay with that like that's if if, (laughs) like he went to yeah yeah yeah, that's the thing like you know two is not a doctor mike mcdaniel is not a doctor no one on that coaching staff is a doctor 
the GM is not a doctor. The owner is not a doctor. It's like the only right. people that can clear him cleared him right. based on the NFL protocols. So you can't do much else. You know, he was able to play. Now, maybe you can go back and complain about the NFL protocols and say, hey, those need to be tightened up a bit. But you can't complain about, you know, him being able to play and the people who said, if you can play, you can play. Right. I agree. Uh, let's move on to a little score repa- recap from week four. Things are really starting to shape up. We've got a bigger sample size a month into the season. Kind of have a better sense as to who's solid, who's not. Uh, first matchup here, Skaggs Island 119, all Mahomes ball 86 and a half. Big time performance from Damian Pierce as well as T. Higgins in that Thursday night game. That 119 points was despite three points from my starting quarterback, Marcus Mariota. Shouts rise up. Uh, mm-hmm. On Rob's side, of course, Jamal Williams balled out like the absolute dog that he is. 24 and a half points. Mahomes, as always, 22 and a nice 13 points from George Pickens. That does drop drop Rob to one and three. Skaggs Island to three and one. Uh, Belfi Island with their best effort of the year so far. 136 over the La Marvelous Llamas with a cold 40. Finally hit a wall for the Llamas. Jared Goff in the starting lineup with 33. Rashad Penny with 27 and a half. And Justin Jefferson torching the Saints in London on that fine Sunday morning game. Joe moves to three and one. The defending champ looking good. The La Marvelous Llamas 0-4 as expected. The distance continues to climb. In a big-time matchup between the Golden Bandits and the Bees Nuts, Anthony Forenzi will be joining the show later. I'm sure that will be electric, as always. 122.5 over 122. That was the Mike Evans versus Clyde Edwards-Hilaire Sunday night game. Big ramifications because Anthony moves to 4-0, keeps somewhat pace with Nick Snyder despite being well behind in the points four category. Daniel drops to two and two, has lost two consecutive, always hurts to lose, scoring 122 points. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Any quick thoughts on those first three, just since I've been rolling? Um, let's see here. I'm just happy for everyone scoring that many points. Um, interesting to see the 40 points from Marvelous Llamas, but I guess you expect it. Um, happy for Dan. Happy for Dan competing. Um, wish he had taken down Anthony, but you know, I think he's going to take down some people in key games this year. So excited to see it. Absolutely. Speaking of points, Moz Meatloaf, 161 and a half. The Savage Salmon, 63 and a half. Did keep it within 100 points there. So you love to see that. Uh, Josh Jacobs was his best game of the year, 31 and a half points. Austin Eckler also had 31. Tyreek with a good Thursday night game. Any quick thoughts, Ben? No. Are we, are we on to Cincinnati? I I don't even know what to say anymore. So that's all right. Yeah. I'm just so dejected at this point. This so. this week these week five matchups are going to be nice. We got we got some good things to look ahead to. That's for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, William Sale, Bilbo Swaggin, some in the flesh, 117 and a half points. Over the Darren Narwallers, 69 points. The demise of the Darren Narwallers is loud and clear now. Unfortunately, lost Javante Williams for the season as well. I did Williams call team, you called this game? I know. I called the demise of the Darren yeah, Narwallers. We all, we all did. Yeah. I'm glad. Yeah. That we're all there. Yeah. 
there's there's a lot going on there. But at least, at the very least, for the Darren Narwallers, he gets to choose between Zach Wilson and Kenny Pickett each week now, which is yeah. just such a blessing. So great to have That's choices true. like that. Uh, William wins two in a row to get to two and two, right back in the thick of it of the playoff hunt there. And then lastly, <laughs> Scott's Tots with their best performance of the year, 130.5 points over Pizzapalooza, 82 and a half. That moves Scott to two and two in the thick of things. Pizzapalooza drops to one and three. TJ Hawkinson absolutely went off with the absence yeah. of Amon Ross, St. Brown, and DeAndre Swift and DJ Chark. 35 points, Miles Sanders with 28 points. You don't always see that every day. Uh, Joe Burrow steady with 21 on the Thursday night game. As for the Pizzapalooza, another dud from Kyle Pitts. Josh Allen solid as always. Alan Lazard. Darnell Mooney actually is alive and well. 11 points, had a long catch. Those are our week one results. As for the ease, eye-opening performance of the week, I'll start us off then. Just mentioned him recently, Josh Jacobs, 28 carries, 144 yards, two touchdowns, as well as five catches for 31 yards on Nick's team. Uh, I just like to see it because, as I've said over and over again, I think Josh Jacobs is a pretty damn good running back. It kind of sucks he's on the Raiders because they're such a mess. But every time I watch him, the eye test tells me Josh Jacobs is pretty damn good. It'll be interesting to see. He'll likely be on a different team next year. It'll be interesting to see who that team is. Stick with the running backs. Honorable mention, J.K. Dobbins. Second game back from the uh, the injury last season on Daniel's team. 13 carries, 41 yards. Not a great yards per carry there, just 3.2, but he did score a touchdown on the ground, as well as through the air, four catches and 22 yards, two touchdowns, 20 points. Big J.K. Dobbins fan, despite the fact that he went to Ohio State. Like to see him doing well after the injury. Love that. Love that. Uh, yeah, mine is anyone on Snide's team. <laughs> They're rolling. Yeah, they really are, and that was pretty tough this week, so shout-out Snyder's team. Uh, my honorable mention is TJ Hawkinson, <clears throat> uh, who went absolutely off against my Former Seahawks. Salmon. Former Salmon, yeah. Uh, eight catches, 179 yards, two touchdowns, 35 points. Um, and I did just trade him in another Dynasty League, so, yeah. I saw that. Feel good about it, though. Love that. Uh, Reese's rookie report. We say it every week, but there are more and more candidates in this section, especially when it comes to the good and the medium. Mm-hmm. I'll go ahead and get us started. Mentioned him earlier. George Pickens had his best game of the season. Didn't get into the end zone, but did have six catches for 102 yards. I don't know how many of those were once uh, Kenny Pickett took over, but it certainly did seem to uh, spark things a bit. As I said, I guess that he got a fair amount of those targets once Pickett was in the game. Uh, so good to see there for Rob. Ironically, it was on the week that Drake London had his worst game. So those two haven't been able to both kind of have great games yet in one week for him. Uh, the medium will go with Tyler Algier. Uh, not only did he have a pretty good game this weekend, 10 carries for 84 yards, did have a catch for 20 as well. That never hurts. But Cordero Patterson going to miss at least the next four games for the Falcons. Backfield is uh, once again wide open, if you will. We kind of thought it was going to be wide open anyway, but Corderell took over. Tyler Algier. Travis needs all the help he can get at the running back position, so that's nice there. And the ugly. Shout out to the Darren Narwallers once again. Velas Jones, first game of his NFL career. Missed the first three with injury. Zero catches, zero yards, zero touchdowns. And I think he lost a fumble on a punt. That's what gave him minus two. Uh, so, you know, just a huge start to the Velas Jones era in Chicago. Love that. 
Okay. So my good is your boy, Damian Pierce, running back for your team, Houston Texans, and your fantasy squad. Uh, 14 <laughs> my, carries. My Texans. Your Texans. 14 carries. Two best players. Four, yeah, it's true. 14 carries, 131 yards, and a touchdown. Also, interesting receiving line. Six <laughs> catches for eight yards, which, hey, PPR sure, you'll live with. Uh, 24 total points, so... Shout out your boy, Damien Pierce. Uh, medium will go Chris Olave. I pronounce that Hey, out of baby. Four catches, 67 yards, touchdown, 14 points. Uh, and he's on – I don't even know whose team he's on, but he's on, he's on someone's team. team. Um, ugly is my player, Kyle Phillips. <laughs> one target, nothing else. Fucking bum. Yeah. <laughs> this has been an electric start, Ben. Uh, let's get to the Cole Komet of the week. Once again, that's scoring zero in a starting lineup. I couldn't tell you what Cole Komet did this week. Uh, but we did have a lot of candidates here. Marvin Jones Jr., Samaji Pirine, not that surprising. Equinemius St. Brown, Dalton Schultz. I believe that's a second-time offender on this list. Chase Claypool. Man, some relatively big names, but a lot of a lot of guys with zero in the in the starting lineup. I, I'll tell you. I that. do know that Cole Komet was trending on Twitter at one point uh, when I was on it, and it was just mostly Bears fans asking, "What the fuck does Cole Komet do for this team?" So, <laughs> that's, that's great. Yeah, Th- things you love to hear. I have a feeling I don't have it right in front of me that Bosco started someone else at tight end, but I might be wrong. You. Speaking of tight ends, Rico Gathers, shout out. Of shout week, out. I'm actually going to start us off here just because my man, Mo Alley Cox, mm. is the perfect candidate for the Rico Gathers of the week because he also played college basketball at a prominent program basketball legend that we all saw in the NCAA tournament. He's also turned into an NFL tight end. He's definitely one of the more successful ones, obviously, once you yeah. get past your Gates, Tony Gonzalez, sure. uh, Jimmy Grahams of the world. They can't uh, all not that he's anything three. too special, right? <laughs> not that he's anything too special, uh, but a week after Jelani Woods gets his two touchdowns, this time it was Mo Ali Cox's turn. Six for eighty-five, though, some good volume yeah. is, is in addition to those Stug. two touchdowns. Uh, I love the guy you're highlighting, Ben. I loved him after the combine. Yeah, this is this is one of your one of your uh, combine guys. He'd be and on I'm my gonna... taxi squad if we had him, you know. Yeah, I'm gonna mispronounce his name probably here, but uh, Ch- Chigozim. Oconqua, um, yeah, uh, and he is a tight end for the Titans, and right. he was a I'm gonna say third or fourth round pick I think. Yeah, um, he's a free agent currently in our league. Three catches, 38 yards, touchdown, baby, pay dirt, huge, love that. Yeah. I did not know that at all, so I was fired up. When yeah, I read no, that. he's uh, he's uh, starting to climb the ladder there. Yeah, might have to go. Austin Hooper yeah. not doing shit, not shocking at yeah, all. Yeah. Might have to go throw some fab money at him. Shit, both yep. these guys are free agents. Time to start spending, Ben. I think exactly. last year I literally didn't spend a penny. And then so like the very last week we could pick up free agents. I forget who I spent a hundred on, but like it was like, oh cool. I saved my money for nothing. Um yeah. I wish I had a camera fab, on me. <laughs> why? I was I'm doing the doing the stripper money thing, you know, where you're just shooting money at people. Sick. So sick. Fab money. Fab money, no fab recap. We are recording on a Tuesday, so we won't know the additions until Going tomorrow. On a Tuesday. On a Tuesday. Uh, week four matchups, Ben. Big bounce back opportunities for a lot of people. 
La Marvelous Llamas, 0-4 at Skaggs Island, 3-1. That projection isn't close. Don't need to spend too much time on that one. Uh, <laughs> Bellify Island, 3-1 versus Bees Nuts, 2-2. Two two. This is a big-time matchup. These are two teams that are right in kind of the middle of the, middle of the upper tat tier, if you will. Uh, projection, extremely close. Daniel favored to win by seven points there. We'll see who Joe rolls out at quarterback. He's got a bevy of options between Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, and Aaron Rodgers. Three elite quarterbacks there. Uh, the Savage Salmon with a massive, massive week. As much as, you know, spirits are down right now, it is one and three Savage Salmon versus one and three Omahomies Ball. An absolute must-win game. The Salmon are currently projected to win by nine, um, but that's going to go a long way in determining who is really near the bottom of, of the standings. And who's still got a you know fighting shot for the playoffs there? Hey Ben, hey, I hear you. I'm yeah. here. I uh, the yeah, boys no, are ready to bounce back. Yeah, no, we're ready. I have decisions to make on the roster, of course. You know, we've got yeah. controversy at the QB position. Yeah, it's Hunter Renfro alive. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, and you know what? In fairness, the uh, the Jaguars last week were playing in Philly and a yeah. rough weather game that's was never going to be and, a great matchup. You know, before the game, I said I should probably start Russ. And I was like looking on I was looking at the weather and I was like I should probably start Russ. And then I was like, you know what? I've been going gut with Trevor here. I fucked it up with already playing Russ once, twice already probably. And so we yeah. got to go with Trevor. And of course, here we are. Not that yeah. it would have helped. Not that it would have helped. Anyway. Right. Would have I feel like that's got to make it feel a little bit better. Like, yeah, no, no. Get, like, blown the fuck out. Like, no, that, no, it's mostly just the fact that I feel like I'm going to have to decide between these guys every week now. That just yeah. makes it a little bit more tougher for me. Yeah. And I've, it's it's mostly the fact that I have to f- I have to figure it out, and I know that I'm going to fuck it up probably about 90%. <laughs> that is a tough position to be in. Um... Next on the slate, the Darren Narwallers, one and three versus the Golden Bandits, four and oh. Projection still within nine points there. Zach still has a fine team on paper. It's just some guys who are not exactly trending in the right direction. Yeah. Um, again, Anthony, four and oh, could be a little bit of a trap game there. He does have a very strong lineup, so we'll see. We'll be speaking with him in not too long a time. Uh, Pizzapalooza, one and three. Maz Meatloaf, four and oh. That one doesn't figure to be extremely close, but you never know in fantasy football. Nick projected for 132. Pizzapalooza for 86. I do love uh, Travis's projected leaders, though. Yeah. Josh Allen, Davis Mills, and Justin Fields, baby. <laughs> you know, another, another team with just an elite quarterback room, and you can never go wrong with any of those players. Um, and, you know, the expectation, it will be interesting to see. There will certainly be a week or two, if not more, where Maz Meatloaf won't score 150 points. Like, you know, yeah. every team experiences that where it just doesn't always happen. So you never know when that week's coming. Uh, and then lastly, Scott's Tots, two and two versus Bilbo Swaggins, two and two. A massive matchup, one considered yeah. game of the week. Uh, two teams right in the thick of things at 500. 100.9 is the projection for Scott's Tots, 109.1, so a nine-point advantage for William on the projection. Got some stud running backs, Saquon Barkley. If Alvin Kamara plays, typically he plays well. That'll be an interesting matchup there. That's our week five slate. Love it. Go ahead and up, update this doc here so it actually says week five. 
Uh, and then last thing that we're going to do here, Ben, before we bring Anthony on is a quick little Ben's betting corner of the week. And then we'll get into Anthony's diary. First and foremost, we love that segment and then primetime pick them. And then the interview, uh, talk to me about some bets that you like, Ben. Yeah. I love that. I just need five minutes to feed the dogs after this, but some that quick, uh, some quick Ben's betting corner bets for the week. I've got two for you. Utah Ooh. minus four against at UCLA. I think UCLA is soft up front and on both the defensive line and the offensive line. Everywhere. Yeah, we're and that's where you Utah is just a bunch of grown ass men who went on missions. Bunch of dogs. Yeah, yeah, they're just gonna they're just gonna push them around. So give me Utah minus seven. Give me I might go alternate your line, Utah minus seven, Utah minus ten, Utah minus thirteen. Give it to yeah. me, give me two, give it to me. Then we're gonna go back with the blue. We're back on the blue on this podcast because you know that's what Huge. we do. And right. uh, we're going to go with the Boise State Broncos. Shout out Rob. Last Good week Rob. they covered. Last week they covered for me against I can't even remember who, but they have a uh, state, San Diego State. Thank you. They have a. They, they were down. They were down. Yeah, were thirteen down like, nothing. I saw that. And they have a sick quarterback now. This oh, black, really? dude, this very black dude who just runs around the field and just chucks it around or just takes off. And Dirk Cutter is their offensive coordinator. Rob is on top of it. He told me all about it. He told me this is good for them. He was right. I'm all over it. Boise State, I don't even remember who they play, but Boise State <laughs> minus six and a half. Oh, Fresno State. It's at Fresno Boise State. State against Fresno State. Your favorite state. Yeah, Fresno State. That's the sh- that's such a shithole. Such a shithole. Uh, but I'm pretty sure Jake Hanner is also out. And I'm sure that he's not going to even stay in Fresno because why would he? He's going to go to Boise, which is way nicer. So, yeah, shout out Boise State, minus six and a half. Love that. Absolutely love it, Ben. Uh, Since I had success last week, I'm just going to go ahead and drop a singular lock of the week each week. We'll probably keep it NFL, if I'm being honest. I haven't really been paying too much attention to college football and lines and such like that. Uh, but we're going with the Saints, minus five and a half at home versus the Seahawks. I truly have been pleasantly surprised by what the Seahawks have done. Um, but at the same time, I feel like the Saints defense is pretty damn good still. Um, they were yeah. hurt, returning from London. That's not ideal, but at home in that environment. Yeah, I think – yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, coming off a big offensive game for the Hawks, I think they come down yeah. to earth a little bit yeah. against a very good defense that is biting at the bit to kind of – I think locked down a pretty bad. I mean, they're team. one and three. They're desperate right now. Like, yeah, and you got to remember, like this offensive, uh, you know, outburst by the Hawks. It's been awesome. The running game's awesome. Geno Smith has looked good in two games, like two and a half games probably. Um, yeah. But you got to remember the opponents have been the Lions, the Falcons. Um, they didn't look. Ga- they didn't look like great against the Broncos. They look fine. Um, but most of their offense is coming against the Falcons, the Lions, which are, yeah. let's be honest with you, bottom, bottom defenses. So yeah. I like the pick. Absolutely. Fuck All right. Seahawks. Lock it in. <laughs> I mean, the Seahawks do need to, like, lose more games than they win. Yes, absolutely. Um, <laughs> so um, we're going to end it at that, Ben. We're going to take a quick commercial break here on the other side. We'll have Anthony. Can't wait to get into his diary. A lot of good stuff there. Mm-hmm. Adios. <laughs> I just want to take a quick moment to thank our title sponsor, Cheez-Its, uh, greatest snack brand in the world, specifically the four cheese flavor, the single greatest snack of all time. Uh, we want to thank them for sponsoring the show. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you don't like Cheez-Its, go fuck yourself. 
back to the pod. Oh, hello, hello. <clears throat> so, so, so. Hey, just watching the Mariners game. Let's go, Ems. Yeah, it might. We're fall gonna get in into wild... some baseball. They might fall into the wild card three here. We'll see. How uh, how's the seating system work? It's new this year, right? It is new. It's like uh, what is it? It's six versus. What is it? First two teams get a buy. Yeah, yeah. The first two teams get a buy, and I'm trying to think who who. So six versus three, five versus four. Yeah, exactly. Um, and a three-game series. Yep. Interesting. Very quick, you know, like. Well, I like it because forever I was always amazed by like playing 162 games in the season, and then like having like I know it was more recently, but like the one game wild card, I'm like, damn, that is just like yeah, that's really tough. quick. And then even like the next series <sighs> being five games still. Like the fact that they're not playing seven game series at all. Yeah, I thought it was crazy just with how many games baseball plays overall. I thought it was funny that like one year or two years, like uh, you know, there's that one one game wild card, and then like the team that made it also like tied their division, so they had to play like a playing game there, and then play the wild card plan. So it was like very epic for them. I feel like that was the Nats the year they won it. Yeah, I want to say it was the Nats. Maybe the Twins also did that too, or something like that. Someone in the Central at some point. Um, but yeah, that's just. I, I do like the new. I like the new format. Yeah, it works. I mean, I yeah. think you know they've always been the most exclusive playoffs to get into in terms of number of teams. I mean, if you think about it, like the NBA and NHL, they play half as many games. Obviously, different physicality in terms of the sports. But then every series is seven games from the very beginning. Eight teams making on both sides, more than 50%. I'm not saying it has to be that way for baseball, but it, it did kind of take a while for them to get to this point. Speaking of baseball, Anthony Ferenzi. Yo. Right of Niagara. Yo, yo, yo. Go Eagles. Hello. Are we on a – well? Nah, dog. Just, uh, just audio on Anchor. Oh, I'm on the uh, the invite, and there was a link, so I joined it. But oh, that's just probably my standard Google Meet um, through my calendar. That's pretty funny. Well, maybe you can record yourself speaking and then share it with us as a part of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> How are we doing, Anthony? We're doing good. We're off to a hot start. Yeah, we uh, we're actually just. Uh, chatting a little baseball here but i know we'll get more into that topic in in a bit um ben, or anthony let's go ahead and turn it right over to the diary because we've got some betting picks to make some interview questions all that kind of stuff but we want to get right into your diary because this seems like a good point the, to start with the diary diary all right um pretty honest first one Dak's like obviously the better quarterback and the higher investment but like is is his like median really that much better than Cooper Rush? Tough to say. I don't think so. I feel like the like the Cowboys aren't that much better with Dak. The only thing is, is like Dak honestly uses Dalton Schultz a lot more than Cooper Rush does. Like he <laughs> moves the ball around a lot more. Um, but the offense looks exactly the same. CD gets his like bombs and touchdowns. Um, quarterbacks are still. By commit or the running backs are by committee. Like Cowboys look good. Yeah, Ben. Uh, I think Jerry Jones sort of agrees with you. 
uh which is always interesting to hear him speak on this matter but uh i don't know it's tough i think dak definitely i mean well before the every injury that he's ever had he was he definitely brought like another factor with his legs but now that's kind of gone a little bit um I don't know. That's that's an interesting question. I think Dak's ceiling is definitely a little higher, and he can probably make some more clutch throws here and th- here and there when need be. But Cooper Rush has been pretty freaking good. So, yeah. Okay. The, the floor too, like his floor is like his contract. Yeah, I mean Cooper Rush has been, and well, yeah, Dak's Dak's floor has been, yeah, it's he's. I mean, listen. The comparisons out there is he just, you know, Kirk Cousins, just Kirk Cousins, another race of Kirk Cousins, like supposedly, you know, that's that's the that's the that's the meme out there. It's pretty funny that Dak being compared to a white guy is disrespectful, but then like let's call like Lamar and Josh Allen like on the same level as far as like eliteness. They say Josh Allen might be like the best pro quarterback ever, but like Lamar. It's always he's athletic and he can extend plays, but he like can't get a contract. Um, so like comparing Lamar to anyone else is like just it's kind of ridiculous, you know? Yeah, no, he's he's pretty much as like his own his own right. I feel like Lamar he does his own thing almost. Um, Josh Allen, like Lamar has always been a better passer than Josh Allen, even like in college. So like, you know, like it was always Josh Allen coming out of college was like a 50% passer at Wyoming. Like who would have thunk that he would be a 75%, you know, completion passer at this point in his career? Nobody. So um, I think it's testament to both of them for improving and becoming what they are now. I love both of them. Um, My second point was fuck Mike McDaniel. Why? Because I, I mean, I love, I can't, I like really do like his swagger and the way he yeah. goes about coaching. I actually resonate it with a lot. Yeah. If any human being can stand up after another person hits them, you don't put them back into a football game. Like that's just like yeah. basic, so basic common sense. We spoke on this. Um, and, so, okay. Yeah. So in the first game, when he got hit on that Sunday, he did come back out in the second half to play that game. And was he cleared by like a doctor in that game? Yeah. He was cleared to come back in. I, that's my point is I'm just like, Hey, if my starting quarterback goes down in his week, his legs go weak. I'm like, Hey buddy, you're sitting down for this week yeah. because we got the Bengals coming up on Thursday. Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm almost more mad that he probably, honestly, I don't know if he should have been cleared to play on Thursday. I mean, I, I agree with you. He probably shouldn't. He most likely should have been played in the second half. But like, to me, it's like the tests. I don't know if the tests are good enough to determine these players and whether they can keep going. You know, four days later after taking a big hit like that, um, I don't know. So it'll be interesting. We talked about it earlier in the podcast. So I get you. Yeah, it's interesting. We can move on from that one. Um... My third one, and sorry, sorry, Scott and Dan and all the other Niners guys here. I really think the Niners like kind of panicked and were like, we need to go get a quarterback. And they made all these moves and they went and got Trey. But like with the DNA of their team right now, they're better with Jimmy. 
I think that their Super Bowl odds went up when Trey Lance got hurt, if I'm not mistaken. They did. They skyrocketed. I went into I mean, that. Yeah, it's a quarterback who had never played. It makes sense. Yeah. So, did you have to go make a move for a quarterback two years ago? Or, like, could you have just waited a little bit longer and then let everyone kind of get older, those contracts roll, run out, and be like, all right, we're starting new? Yeah, it's kind of like the floor and the ceiling thing that you talked about earlier. Like, you know that Jimmy's floor is pretty damn high. And that it's like he's he's gonna win a bunch of games for you there, and he's gonna make clutch throws here and there, and probably turn over the ball here a couple times. Um, but his ceiling is also not much higher than his floor, where you've seen it in the playoffs, where like defenses just suffocate him, and he just he he does cost the game for them in, in you know playoff atmospheres and stuff like that. So like you honestly ask, would Trey Lance be the guy to take them to like? Super Bowl territory. I don't think so, honestly. I don't know. I probably don't think so. I don't know if Jimmy G is that exact guy either. He did it once and he lost, I think. Right? He lost. But yeah, yeah, it, it's interesting. You know, like I it's a misthrow, so we're not gonna we're not gonna give him credit. But like Trey yeah. Lance doesn't you to the Super Bowl this year and probably not next year. Yeah. No, I I, I probably agree with you, Anthony. It's I think an they just fall in love with him. Yeah, and I think Kyle Shanahan fell in love. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's interesting. And I think the whole, you know, the whole thing this offseason where he wasn't being signed, he had the injury, didn't get a playbook, and he's still playing pretty well now after, you know, a bad start last week. But this last week he played okay. It was great. The yeah. offense is just so much more dynamic. It's funny. They run five-yard outs and, like, throw the ball behind the line of scrimmage, and the offense is somehow better. Yeah, sometimes – when you can just complete the easy throws, the offense really can open up, you know, a lot more. I love this fourth bullet point. It's kind of like the Cooper Cup thing I said last night. It's like, you know, Debo's he's not an elite X, but he's pretty damn elite if you just get him the football and let him run. So, like, yeah, build he's, offense around that. Same with Kittle, you know, like, obviously he's a tight end, but, like, Kittle just destroys people in the middle and towards the sidelines. Debo Samuel is like the the high school equivalent of like you know your best player on the field. Just put him anywhere and just give him the ball. He's like that in the NFL, which is yeah. awesome. Yeah, like Chris Adams. Yeah, exactly. Love that. Uh, well, this is number four. I'm very interested about this number four. Oh man, this one pains me, but I I'm actually like I just kind of wanted to stir the pot a little bit. Yeah, I'd be very curious to see what like everyone else has to say. Sounds like someone's stirring the pot. It's me. Um, I was like, is, is Joe Burrow the guy? Is he that guy? Or was he just on the best team ever in college? And then he stepped into a really good offensive. This is a, this is a take. What happened? I'm just a sad, sad Bengals fan, like after going to the Super Bowl, which seemed like, you know, They've won two in a row. Yeah, but they're just like they're flying high right now. T. Higgins is the best receiver in football. It's just, it's just, it's just a, it's just a, a diary. It's not a, it's not a. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I'll take not... my first stab and say that yeah. he is for real. Um, he is very much the truth. I think he's an NFL superstar. I think he has a chance to win one, if not many, Super Bowls. Not that that's easy to do. Um, 
No, I think he looked great. He did not get drafted into a great situation necessarily. Obviously, they ended up with Higgins and Chase and the previous couple drafts, which helped tremendously. But their yeah. offensive line was bad. Solid run game with Mixon, but like the Bengals in general are a pretty bad franchise. So I well, think he's somewhat overcome. I'm just saying, like from the past, like they definitely had a really dark time. Yeah, and I love him. Like as a Bengals fan, I truly love Joe Burrow. And I think he has so much swagger, and I love the way he goes about everything. It's just like, uh, I want to stir the pot a little bit and see, like, can I make a little ridiculous comment? Because that's kind of the theme of the, the diary. That's right. That's right. I love it. I will say, um, I mean, he's done some incredible things behind some bad offensive lines. Um, you know, not, you know, in, in Cincinnati. Well, it was and, supposed to be better this year. <laughs> they looked terrible. I know. And I just – that's the my one of my main concerns with Joe Burrow is I just don't want like an Andrew Luck type of situation. You know, I want him to be able to play for ten plus years. You know, well, Absolutely. five plus years. But yeah. <laughs> All right. Anything else from the diary, Anthony? No, no. Those those are my four. We'll keep it. We'll keep it light. Keep Love it moving. It. All right. Let's get right into primetime pick them here. Uh, quick update on the standings. Ben went 2-1 and one last week. Cincinnati was correct. Kansas City was correct. Did not get the Rams result correct. 4-6 and six on the season, Ben. Bosco also went 2-1. and one. San Francisco and Kansas City were his wins. He did think Miami would cover on Thursday night. That moves the guest picker to 6-4, and four, best record of the trio. And myself, nice and even, 5-5. Five and five. I went 1-2 and two last week. Never should have took Tampa Bay. That was dumb. I said it when I made the pick. Rams also lost. Cincinnati did cover. You love to see it. Uh, pretty mediocre Thursday night game here. Indianapolis at Denver. Denver favored by three points. Javante Williams is definitely out. Jonathan Taylor might be out. Anthony, how do you see that one going? Um, I have a theory, and it's probably paid out pretty well the last two years since I've really paid attention to it. Every Thursday night football, basically the opposite happens of what should happen. So That's right. You said that the other day. It was, it was right, except for the Tyreek. Tyreek went off. I was completely wrong about Tyreek. But the score and, like, who won, it's almost always. Like, you have two high-powered offenses, and, like, they both score under 20. If they're both two shitty teams who can't move the ball or even a good team uh, who can't move the ball or something like that, a good defensive team, that's good. Like, kind of like a Niners or something. They both go off. Like it just happens every Thursday night. <laughs> so Indy's Indy's gonna win this game and they're gonna win by like five, I think. Like they're gonna like kind of dominate. Um and it's it's a lock. Go ahead, throw some cash on it and I'll do it with you. Ben. Uh yeah, I'm gonna go with uh Denver minus three here. Uh I think I it, you know, Anthony does a little convincing, but I'm gonna stay with Denver <laughs> minus three, uh, just because Indianapolis has been so bad. Um, their offensive line has been really bad. Matt Ryan's been getting sacked like no other. Denver's D line is pretty good. Their defense is pretty good. They're starting to come together here a little bit. Um, three points is too much or too little for me at Denver. So give me Denver minus three. Thank you, Ben. I'm also taking Denver minus three. I'm not sure why. Denver's a terrible football team. Um, but the Colts are even worse. That's the beauty of it. I actually don't think Jonathan Taylor will play. I just think if he's got a high ankle sprain, they might as well give him 10 days rest before the next next start. 
Um, at home, he's got the better quarterback. Javante, like that injury definitely hurts because he is a big time up and coming young running back. And as much as we joked about Melvin Gordon fumbling, which is definitely a problem, like he still is actually like solid at football. They also brought in Latavius Murray, Mike Boone, whatever. There's plenty that they can still run the ball with. So I'm taking Denver minus three. Game of the week, Sunday night football, Cincinnati, Anthony's Bengals at Baltimore. Baltimore favored by three. Who day, Anthony? Uh, don't bet against my, my team. So, yeah. easy yeah. one. Love that. Done. Burrow, 1,000 yards. <laughs> T. Higgins, wide receiver one on that team. Going to get Love two it. touchdowns. T. Higgins, two touchdowns. Palmer right now. Now you're talking my language. Wow. Uh, I'm going to also go Cincinnati plus three here. Um, I think they might even pull off the victory. Uh, I think Baltimore's defense is very poor, very, very poor. Um, I think Cincinnati's uh, offense exploits that. And Cincinnati's defense, which is a little bit underrated, also um, holds Lamar to uh, to a – Decent amount of points. Enough for the Bengals to win. Yeah, I want to add. I have Cincy money line. I don't have Cincy plus three. I see that, Anthony. We technically just picked the spreads, but your message is heard loud and clear. Yeah. Well, I just want, you know, for anyone who wants to throw some money down, you win more money. Correct. You know, it's it's free money. You might as well. That's correct. Uh, I took Baltimore minus three. Um, I definitely root for Cincinnati as well. Love this matchup in general. Just think Baltimore coming off a tough loss to uh, to the Bills. Lamar's been cooking this year. I don't know. Just kind of a gut feeling. Don't see them losing two in a row since he has looked a lot better. Wouldn't surprise me at all if they win the game. Baltimore's defense really isn't good. But uh, at home, that's where I'll give them a slight edge. Uh, also, one thing I wanted to make note of last week, I talked about how I don't like seeing teams play back-to-back weeks on primetime. I guess Thursday doesn't really count because like they just rotate every team plays once on Thursday night. But I will make the exception that both the Bengals and the Chiefs, I have no problem seeing back-to-back weeks on primetime. Vegas at the Chiefs, Chiefs favored by seven, Monday Night Football. Anthony, how do you see that one? Um, I hate watching the Chiefs. I'm so tired of watching the fucking Chiefs on primetime. I fucking – Patrick Mahomes is fine. He's a nice guy. Hate his wife. Hate his brother. Yeah. Oh, so quiet this year, though. Just get it. I, yeah, thank God. But, like, just – I don't – it's guilty by association. Like, I fucking hate Patrick Mahomes because of them. But they look as good as ever. Like, and the Raiders look fucking garbage as per usual. Um, yeah, Kansas City minus – Why do you hate watching them play so much? I don't know. It's, like, one of those like, – you know when you look at TV and, like – like who's um like the Lakers? Like no matter who, like the Lakers are on TV no matter what. And like I just don't need to watch the Lakers fifty times a year as like a Bay Area resident. Same with the Kansas City Chiefs. I just don't need to watch that much Chiefs football. Understood. Ben, sorry, the Mariners' playoffs hopes are being dashed right from my eyes. Jared <laughs> Kelnick is down on the ground, wincing in pain. Oh no! It's terrible. It's over. It's over. Um, I'm actually going to lean the other direction here. Um, and I'm going to go Las Vegas Reyes uh, plus seven. Um, now this seems crazy to me cause it is in Kansas city. Um, but 
I just feel like in division game, Las Vegas is coming off a nice win. They're starting to find their offense a little bit. I think Hunter Renfro is going to be back this week, which is nice for the Raiders. Um, I do think Kansas City's offense might be a little bit more limited than last week um, just because I don't think those wide receivers are really all that. I know Mahomes is awesome, but um, I do think this is going to be a little bit more limited this week. So give me Las Vegas plus seven. Um, I think they keep it a little bit close, maybe, you know, back backdoor touchdown or something like that. Yeah, we'll have a good backdoor cover. I'm going with the Chiefs minus seven. Don't love that many points, to be honest. I just, you know, kind of made an agreement with myself after picking Tampa against them last week. Should just go back to my strategy of never picking against the Chiefs. I do think the Raiders are a solid team that's always a good candidate to cover, quite frankly. Like, they're obviously kind of a joke, but they have a pretty fucking talented roster. Um... So, yeah, we'll go with the Chiefs minus seven. I think it would be hard for the Chiefs to play. They're kind of peaks and valleys, you know, this current version of them. They're not going to play like they did last week every week. Um, But I do think winning by a touchdown seems reasonable enough. Guest interview with the Golden Bandits, 4-0, flying high, coming off a razor-thin half-point win over Daniel to move to 4-0 on the season, Anthony. Expectations were high coming into the season, and so far they've been met. How are we feeling about the start? Um, shout out Daniel. Great game. He was also yeah. the best person to play. He, like, it's probably one of the only people who's, like, texting me the whole time during the whole match. So, yeah. shout out Daniel. Um, love a Mike Evans, like, pity 10-yard grab at the end of the game to win it. So, that was cool. But, uh, yeah, expectations are high. My my thought going into the season is I'm definitely not the favorite, so I actually have a chance. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> this is how it goes. Every year I have the best team, not just in this league, but like in any fantasy sport. Yeah. <laughs> fantasy, fantasy to me is like gambling at some points. You know, it's just like all luck. So I get you. Yeah, I mean, last year, like I had a stinker against Joe. And then I think I remember looking at it like if I had just – the other games, like, I went off. Like, I would have done great in the next round and in the championship. But I threw up a stinker. Like, tough Joe, to see, yeah. like, Joe, number, like, five or six when he went into the playoffs, like, was hot. Like, he just, like, his players were the right guys at that time of the year, and we brought it home. That's right. Uh, Cordero Patterson, one of the oh, stalwarts of your team this year, placed on the IR back today. He'll miss at least a month. Uh, any trades on the horizon? Someone on the bench, bench who's primed to step up? What's kind of the next step here? Well, Cordell's old as shit, so, or Corderell, excuse me. So um, we're fine with sitting for four, four weeks. Yeah. Now, and then he's going to go super, super dummy mode the rest of the year. So that's fine. Um, yeah. I think I'm absolutely fucked when it comes to trading. <laughs> I got no capital, and that's all people care about in this league. And all offseason – and like I said, I'm not gonna like name them without them. If someone would be like, I will trade you this person for this, this, and this, and I'd be like, Okay, let's do it. And they'd be like, Give me a day. And then they'd go, I don't think I want to do it. Yeah. And <laughs> going into it. One of them was like a, who is now a top three receiver in the league from a point standpoint. And I'm just like, my team would be fucking unreal if I had that guy. So yeah. part of it, you know, I threw a lot of eggs into one basket. It's kind of working out, but it's not if you don't, you know, bring home the uh, the Cole McDonald's. So, yeah. we'll I don't know. I'm fucked if, like, uh, these bench guys don't actually, like, turn up like they've been doing. They're getting more touches with their quarterbacks. Um, 
So we'll see. We'll see. But uh, yeah, I think I, I think there's no way a trade gets done unless I blow up my team and Diggs is like the heart of it. Well, I think I do think though the hard part about it is kind of your main two trade options are either the teams that you're directly competing with for a championship near the top or like the bottom feeders who are already kind of turning the page, not obviously this early in the season, but being like, okay, like I don't have that strong of a team. I'd rather have future picks and like these established players that you could trade. So it's like kind of finding that middle ground of like trading a guy to a middle of the road team. They also give you an asset back. Mm-hmm. You know, they're kind of trying to scratch and call to get into the playoffs, things like that. But I agree. It's kind of, it gets to a point where it, it is a little bit difficult if you don't have future pick assets because then people just pretend like all these like you know mid 20 year old like productive players are just like useless to them and it's like well you could always like trade those guys like after you acquire them yeah. they don't have they don't have to be like really good in like three years i tried i, I fired out a yeah. ton of messages after the draft like hey i was even willing to get rid of like some pretty strong pieces to try to have a more like a deeper team with like some younger talent and i got well, out of we, made, we made a trade and you you fucked me really good. That's because you're my boy. You fuck you. <laughs> like you fucked me real good. What was it again? McLaurin, Renfro. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean that was terrible. Yeah. McCaffrey, McCaffrey was fine. The Evans is legit, but like those two guys who were studs, at least from um, DJ Moore and McLaurin. Are both awful and Renfro is like dead. He's been like dead half the season. Been I, I love Terry McLaurin, but I hate Carson Wentz as well so much. Thielen, Thielen has been the best player out of those four so far. So that that that's really what says it all. Yeah, but Ben, this is our thing. You know, I'll get rid of like Diggs and a couple people in these next few years, and then like three years from now, when you're nasty, I'll take all your players, and you can have a long stay. <laughs> I've exactly. already it's like the I'm A's like, and the Yankees. Yeah, I'm just not going to trade at all. I'm just refusing to trade anymore. The A's and Yankees is the is the perfect comparison. <laughs> really good. Um, last question about your team: What's going on with your tight end room? Coming into the season, pretty strong point of your team: Mike Kosecki, Dalton Schultz, two top ten to fifteen guys. Uh, both have been very inconsistent. What's the latest? I think Schultz was like three or four to end of the year last year. And like Dak just loves Schultz. So I was like, oh my God, I got so – I picked him up off the waiver wire. He was like, this is – I found my guy. He gets so many targets. He's good. You guys talked about Gasicki, I think, last week. He's like long. He's like kind of a wide receiver. I just don't play him that much. Tua, Tua loved him. Like with throwing – especially towards the end run. And now they're both just like fucked with like Tyreek, Waddle taking like just being that guy. And then it looks like, you know, Dalton's hurt and he's kind of just not getting as many targets. Like my team looks, my tight end room looks fucking awful. And it pains me. I made the, I made the comparison. I was like, if this is a, what did I say? I was like, if this is tight end university, this league, I was like, everyone else is in the SEC and I'm Independence College. <laughs> Don't worry. There, there are people in the league who are still starting Hunter Henry on a weekly basis, so it could be worse. I did. Um, Komet, that that's something that goes under yeah. under the radar, and so the whole Cole Commit series, I fucking love because I also was like, you know what, this guy sucks. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know much about him to be honest. Like I knew he went to Notre Dame, I just like hadn't really seen him play a lot of football, and I'm like, why does everyone think this guy's good? Like he was like, like a, 
it was like a tight end light year. And I remember reading about him. He's like, he's going to be good in the NFL. He, tra- he like translates really well, but he went to the Bears. So anything he did have, like he just went to a shit place. Yeah, it's too bad. Uh, I know your favorite football team is very from year to year. Apparently not college. You're a diehard Bengals fan now. Um, but who are the squads in college football for you this year? Um, so I'm always a Florida State fan. That's been true since I was little. Same with the Bengals thing. Like since I was little, I just love the Bengals. Um, this year, one of my good buddies, who most of you know, Dom Simons, we wanted to cheer for a random team. And so he did one of those apps where, like, we picked every team in college football and we, like, rolled the uh, rolled the wheel and we got the Razorbacks. Mm-hmm. So every week we're like, dude, huge week for our Razorbacks. Huge week for Razorbacks. <laughs> and then um, I've just always loved Tennessee. Like, their orange, like, their swag. I think they're sick and they just, like, happen to be kind of good. So every week I'm looking at the balls. And for the exact same reason, Oklahoma State. I love, like, the, the black and orange and, like, the Cowboys. Yeah. So, the ball, I mean, they're all fake. I don't actually care at all. But it's just fun to, like, root for random teams. Oh, yeah. We need to get you a, a G5 team to re- root for. We'll find you one here. <laughs> the G5 team. Because um, I felt like the reason I asked about the NFL thing is because I felt like you went through a period, not that you didn't always like the Bengals, but you would, like, pick a team each year, right, in, in NFL, too, to, like, follow. and like oh, I, Yeah, my old roommate and I, we would kind of do the same thing. We would pick a sub-500 team, kind of like um, – hard knocks and we would cheer for them and like one year it was the dolphins one year it was the r words another year it was the cowboys um so like outside of that fandom but that kind of fell off because my buddy my buddy moved to new york and we just now we just kind of like have a text group called the fins and we just like pretend to cheer for the dolphins but it's falling off another sick team though sad uh ben can i get you to can I send some questions your way I know you've got some uh, questions, but oh, guys, guys, breaking news: Aaron Rodgers he hit the hit the home run to break the all-time record. Aaron Rodgers, that's crazy. Yeah, that no, is crazy. Not just Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Judge. Sorry, broke the all-time record, home run record for the American for, League. No, all-time, all-time, all-time. For the American League. That's crazy. All-time, all-time. Really I can't. A hot topic. Aaron Rodgers passes the all-time. I just, I just love bringing it up in this, in this, in this, in this, uh, in this. I mean, clearly, I am on the very bottom side, but it's really fun to bring it up with this and within this group. Um, you think, you think here's a good question. You think Griffey was clean his whole career? That's a good question. I don't know, considering how hurt he was and how often he got hurt. Um, <clears throat> that's a good question. I say no. I don't know. He told he like completely severed his hamstring and like played like seven months later. Yeah, probably. We probably would. But it doesn't really matter. He's not my favorite M. My favorite M is clean and he that would be Edgar Martinez. You know who played for the M's? Is, David, or- David Ortiz did. David Arias. Is uh Jared Goff's father is a mariner. Oh, was he? I didn't know that. Yeah, Jared Goff. So there you go. Now you have ties everywhere. What a legend. Well, anyways, I do have some questions. These aren't my questions. Mine are coming up. But uh, switching sports, what's the latest with Sen Newts? I have heard it's not the adult softball powerhouse that it used to be. Ben, <laughs> there's nothing I love more than when I send, send my <laughs> questions over to you and you read them so blatantly. <laughs> like you're very clearly just reading exactly word for word. 
And I love it then. It's like the ad or the out loud reading in, in high school. I don't know. I I guess I didn't I, I like I didn't quite read it earlier, so it's like I just had to like just yeah. read it all no, together. I, I didn't know what the context was, so you know, gotta add everything there. Yeah. Um honestly this is a uh this is a good topic because I know I know you'll feel the same way. This is a big like fuck Zach moment. Mm. Uh we were so good. I think our first year I played shortstop and I'm like, I'm probably one of the only kids ever to play after high school baseball and never play the infield. And I was a horrible shortstop and we still made it to the championship because we were just so nasty. And then Zach left and the whole team started falling apart. (laughs) (laughs) So people stop showing up, right? Yeah, we're good. But every week it's so hard to like get even like 70% of our good guys like out on the field. Collins on the team. He hasn't played in weeks. He's, like, in surgery, you know. So, we had a doubleheader last week. Didn't have Colin, who's a nasty pitcher. I'm at shortstop. I made a joke. I was like, I only made one error, but I only got one ball. <laughs> we were fucking horrible. But we rake. Like, we everyone hits. Just we have dudes playing positions like – like, we got Dylan out in right field, and he never played baseball. Yeah. And this is a pretty, like – people are pretty good in this league, right? Yeah, like – some of the guys play like on the weekends and stuff, and we all we love making fun of them. Like, if a guy comes up in baseball pants, we all start, start going pants, pants. That's great. One dude will come up in pants and BGs, batting gloves, and we're like pants, BGs, and it's just like we just don't care. But at the same time, we're like a bunch of pretty good athletes, so we can always string together. Runs. We just have like the shittiest defense. Okay, good to know. Ben, this one's you too, and then I'll take yeah. the next one after. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, if you could live in any other city other than San Francisco, where would it be? Yeah, I took this one like two, two different ways. Like, could I just live there for like a year, two years? Like, kind of like the COVID thing. Or, yeah. Like, Andrew, like he's moving to Denver. He's coming back pretty shortly here. And, um, I would probably want to do like something more Southern for like a year or two. Like, not necessarily like a Texas, but like maybe like a Charlotte or like something like that and just pop around for like a year. Um, and then besides that, I mean, honestly, I would want to live in like Italy, like Europe, take a siesta every day, like have a boat, like boat around and just like do the wine, like fancy. Europe. I love that for you. You know, that would be, yeah. that would be the sickest. Maybe it'd be sick to be Euro trash for like a year or two. Also, also sick. You're right. That would also be cool. Like, go there and just be absolute Euro trash, just smoke cigs every day and drink coffee and just eat a bunch of bread. Yeah. <laughs> the, the cigs are wild, too, because they have those photos. It's no, like, they, they, they smoke the cigs like no other, dude. And they drink Perrier. They don't drink tap water, dude. Oh, they don't know what – yeah, they haven't had a still water since, like, the war, probably. My dad would <laughs> – I was talking to my dad about the other day. He was really upset about that. He's like, those motherfuckers would not – Give me tap water, even when I asked. They just kept trying to hand me Perrier water and charge me five bucks a bottle. <laughs> well, welcome to fucking Europe, dude. Oh, that's incredible. Uh, Anthony Killfuck, Mary Braxton Berrios, Christian McCaffrey, Nick Snyder. This was the easiest question of the day. Uh, <laughs> I would fuck Braxton Berrios because he's a little cutie patootie. Um, I would marry Christian McCaffrey for the fiscal reasons because he's the only one yeah. in the contract, and then I kill Nick, so I have a chance to win the league this year. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> easiest, easiest question of the entire thing for sure. 
Love that. Didn't see that coming, but I'm glad it was <laughs> handled with such ease. We ben? could put my dog. We could put my dog in in charge of you know Nick's team, and they'd still score 150 points a week. <laughs> Dude, it's so funny. I go in there, and it's like you you know you obviously like projections don't mean too much, but like kickoff will happen. It'll be an hour in. It's like Nick projected. Yeah, 101 points, and then it's literally another hour later, 175, and you're like, I I texted. I texted Skaggs and Joe on Sunday, and I don't check my game like this very early because I just know better. But this week, I just had a feeling, and I looked very early, probably about 30 minutes into the first slate of games, and I said, this is over. Austin Eckler had scored, and then there was just an onslaught, and I, this was just – it was so over so quick. It was unbelievable. Just an avalanche. Anyways, I do have some questions of my own for you. Um this is a two-part question. Mm-hmm. Please give me a preview on the MLB playoffs and please focus on my Mariners mostly. <laughs> and also, I thought I was going to get a Send Nudes hat, but I never received it. What can I do to get one? Um, yeah, that was a little confusing. I was—I never said the Send Nudes hat ever, so I don't know where you got that. You probably just assumed. Yes. Because those don't exist. Damn. <laughs> um, but I do have a hat for you, and I just haven't sent it. That's okay. It's a uh, – I bought it off eBay, and it was it was uh, mislabeled. It was supposed to be a seven and a quarter, and it's in seven three-eighths. Um, and I don't want to ruin the surprise, so I'm going to send it to you, and then you can uh, you can ship Perfect. it. Perfect. Can't wait. And then what was it? The, the playoffs, the M's, sorry, they're done now, especially with Kellenic. But uh, – Wait, I, wait, wait. Quick question. Yeah, yeah. Someone that hasn't followed it. Kellenic's not still trash? Is he, like, okay now? Because he was terrible. I think it's very okay. He's like a factor now. He's starting to, yeah, he's starting to come on a little bit. He's actually back in the game, by the way. I was overreacting a little bit, but he is, he has been, yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, But he, he has been, the bat's been coming on a little bit and he's been playing center field because Julio's been out. He's got pull side pop. He's like one of those guys that like late in the playoffs is going to bat like six through nine. And like, he's going to have a clutch home run in the playoffs. Yeah. You know, He's that guy. He, and Who are they projected to play in the first round? They're uh, currently the second wild card, so they would play. Would they play the first or the? I, I can't remember what the seed. I don't know with the expansion. I don't know what's going on. Hold on, I'm gonna go look. But they would play about, the, talk, the worst division winner. Talk about the playoffs, and then no, they'll play. Game. They'll play the other wild card team for the single game play-in, right? So I, I thought it was. Oh no, because they you're right, because they added the round. It's yeah, six versus yeah, they, three and four versus. So five. they're gonna play the they're gonna play uh they would play the four seed. They play uh Blue Jays. Who is it? They play the Jays. Yeah. Which would which, be an epic which would be an epic series because those fans are always coming down to Seattle filling up uh Safeco. I'm not calling it T Mobile. Yeah. Yeah, I remember all my buddies in college who were Canadian, even from like the western side of Canada. They're all Jays fans. They don't give a yeah. shit about like being close to the Mariners. Yeah, um, I, I think the Jays are going to win in maybe five in that series. Unfortunately, just because they're so hard to play against in the playoffs, like that place is insane in Toronto. And like you said, they're going to have like it's going to be like a fifty-fifty split in Seattle. Yeah, first playoff games tough. though in twenty plus years in Seattle, they're not going to fill it up. 
Damn. They are going to fill it up. Oh, it's going to be loud. It's going to be loud. It's going to be loud in Seattle. That's for yeah. sure. I mean, my boy, my boy's on the Mariners, the guy from Niagara, Matt Brash. So, I mean, I hope he does great. I hope he goes in there in some clutch moments and does some cool things. The Jays just got like a ton of pull side pop. They're going to hit nukes and they got arms and they have arms who have pitched in the playoffs before. It's true. That's true. We do have some good arms ourselves, but not experienced playoff arms. Yes. Yeah. All right. What about the overall picture? Uh, overall, um, Yankee. First round. They're a bunch of foodies. Um, I have laid down some futures on the Padres and the Cardinals, so that'd be sick if they could figure it out. I do think the Braves are going to repeat as a two seed out of the NL. They just Cardinals are Cardinals are playing pretty good baseball. They are, they are. But I just, I mean, the Braves are the Braves, lightning yeah. hot. And they have yes. this fucking team, yep. all the same guys. Like, they're not going to yep. be tripping. You know, they were just there. Yep. I get you. I get you. And they're a really good baseball franchise. They're good at baseball. They're definitely good at baseball. And uh, I will never pick I will never pick the Astros. In 10th, yeah. I will never pick the Dodgers. So, fuck Love that. Fuck the Astros. All right. Well, a couple more questions <laughs> for you. Uh, this one is... I need to know some, you know, tips and tricks. Uh, how are you so good looking? What does your routine, workout routine look like? Do you tan at all? How often do you get haircuts, your beard done? Give me some tips and tricks here. Oh, man. I mean, Anthony, Anthony, Anthony. I'm just looking at your Google picture right now. My Google picture? What's a Google? Oh, It's, it's, it's tiny, but, I mean, dude, like, you can just tell. Like, it's good looking. It's all about semen retention. Okay, love that. (laughs) Yeah, switch from like a gel to like a pomade. The girls. (laughs) Oh, Anthony, love it. I'm just, I'm giving you a hard time, man. But you know, you're a good looking dude, so I had to give you a hard time. But what is your workout routine? (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Uh, yoga once a week for sure, dude. It's the best thing that's ever happened to me. I go with my girlfriend. I'll go with Dylan. Um, my body hurts big time if I don't go. So I go once a week and do that. And then honestly, I started intermittent fasting. I've always kind of done it. I'm never hungry in the morning. But uh, I don't eat till like 1 o'clock. And I just make sure I eat a healthy lunch. And then I eat whatever the fuck I want at dinner. And I've actually lost a ton of weight. Yeah, I did that. I did that for a while where I wasn't eating till like noon. And then I was trying to have like a healthy meal and then eat whatever I want for dinner. So I get that, yeah. Yeah, but I love, I love my favorite. You should make your own Twitter account on it, but your your hot uh, your hot plate or whatever it is. I like every single yeah. post. Posts. My grill. Yeah, your grill when you make breakfast and stuff on it. I love yeah, that. On that yeah, I haven't done the intermittent fasting in a while, if you can tell by the Twitter. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I get you. Yeah, that's good shit. Well, yeah, I, I gotta try yoga. I I did it for a little bit, but I gotta go back to that. That's a good call. It helps. It's the only thing that helps with my golf game is like because like my back is interesting. Work. Very interesting. All right, this is the most important uh, question of the interview. Uh, give us a preview of the twenty twenty three Niagara Purple Eagles baseball squad. Any postseason expectations? Uh, postseason for sure. They were in the ship last year. Love that. Um, apparently, from my boy who's still there, they have basically all of their arms back. And their arms are like all they were last year. 
and they got, I guess, some transfer from Virginia. Wow. Who was expected to be in the rotation this year, and he's born and raised in Thailand, and he, he just has, like, different cultural, like, expectations on education. So he's like, the coaches made me, like, study too much. And he said the coach was really mean. So he left Virginia, and he has, like, a relative who happened to go to Niagara University. So he went from Virginia to Niagara. Wow. So we have, like, this ACC powerhouse kickback. Yeah, he's, he's supposed to be pretty good, and he's playing Niagara. So I love that. So that's sick. Um, I think their problem is they don't have any pop. They don't have any dudes. Um, we're going to hit bombs, which is kind of important in the college game. I think they're going to be – they have a legit starting rotation. They got um, – one good bullpen arm and they have a closer, but like for Niagara and like, even when I was there, what happens is, is we lose the first game three, two, the Friday night starters, maybe you snake out Saturday. And then when your bullpen's like depleted, like the other team's just going to wipe you out. Cause like you're throwing like your starter till the sixth inning. And then you throw in your bullpen guy and he just gets fucking lit. Cause he's like some slap dick from Saskatchewan who throws 84. <laughs> Love that. Well, I'll be rooting for him this year. You know me. I'm I'm a big Matt Brash guy and uh, now a big Niagara Purple Eagles fan by proxy. So Skaggs and Skaggs and Rob are a big Wint Winton Bernard guy too. That's a, a Colorado Rockies yeah. that Niagara. Exactly. Yeah, big Rockies guy. Go Rocks. <laughs> Love it. Well, that's all I got. That's all I got. What is there anyone want to throw out like a rogue question? Do you have no. any questions for us? This is where you ask us any questions. You yeah, like I, got one. I got one. Skaggs, what's your least favorite thing that Ben does on the pod? Uh, nothing really um, that I can think of least favorite. I mean, probably like mispronouncing Olave, but he pronounced it correct today. So that was <laughs> nice. Today I got it right. Um, it's more, you know, like things like San Rafael, like reading it the first time, like Raphael makes total sense. But then, like, once he's heard it, like, four times, I'm like, okay, what are we doing here? Like, <laughs> you know how it sounds. <laughs> he can't read good. <laughs> yeah, but he, yeah. he, he had an English teacher, though. I don't good read at all. Yeah. Um, ben, I have a question for you. Yes. Similar but different. What do you hate most about Zach? <laughs> oh, wow. I will say. You used to be a huge Zach fan, Ben. Yeah, I know. But yeah. he went – okay, okay. So, actually, I want to talk about this at some point. Because he went full heel when he got, when he came on the podcast and started talking about his two – I mean, he just went full heel. He started talking about his two championships and how he was the only person on the trophy with two, you know, two plaques. And he went full heel on us. So I, I, I don't know it. that term in that context. So, like, it's, it's, it's like – <laughs> It's like a wrestling. It's like a wrestling oh. uh, wrestling term where like they go bad. They went like from a good guy to like a bad guy. Like Zach was always like a good guy, but I think he's gone heel and he just and he loves the turn and I think he's embracing it and I'm and I'm going along with it. So I hate Zach. He won't listen to this point anyway. So it I know yeah. <laughs> he probably never listens. <laughs> well. I think we've accomplished a lot here, boys. Really good episode. Anthony, thank you for joining us. It had been a minute. You weren't on the post-draft podcast, so here we are. Yeah, that's true. From the internet. Yeah, don't remind me, Will just decimating me in the group chat. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, let's have a, a beautiful Tuesday night, huh, boys? Thank you, Anthony. Have a good one, guys. See you, boys. Adios.